Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shaphorst. With me is Vinny Tadaro. And uh, we've got some pretty big news. Um, just came out this weekend uh, that the Cowboys are going to be the team on feature on HBO's Hard Knocks, which I think this is the second or third time we've been featured. Um, and uh, first time that I will be able to watch it. Actually, I don't think I'd, I'd ever even watch the other two in reruns, let alone live. So that's uh, something we'll talk about, kind of what our general thoughts are, what we'd like to see um, as they're breaking down, as, as they're showing the team through Hard Knocks. Um, we'll also continue talking about uh, different position groups, what you know how we we see the rankings for offensive line and then uh we'll talk a little bit about quarterback but uh first off we'll as always go with a trivia question and this week is Vinny's turn to uh try and stump me which he did last time so it's uh what do you got this week okay so when uh the Cowboys lost Mark Stepnoski to free agency um, and I believe that was before, right before Barry Switzer became coach. I think mm -hmm. it was the off season before Switzer becoming uh, the Cowboys head coach. Uh, this is the guy that they who did they sign to replace him? Uh, I feel like I'm going to get his last name. Is it Ray Ray Donaldson? Oh man. Did very, I get that? Very, unpredictable. very unpredictable. I don't know. I never know <laughs> when, when something's going to be hard for you or not. Yeah. I think I think you've talked about him before, and and I've like if if it's a guy that I've never heard of before, like an yeah. obscure player in the night. Like that probably would have gotten me before we started the show. I'm pretty sure you've not done him as a him specifically, but yeah. alluded to him. Um, but yeah, that's well, we can one. make it harder. Who replaced him once he got injured? See that? I don't know. And I feel like you've, that you might have, that's a guy you yeah. might have done before. And I think you got me, you stumped me on that one. All um, right. I see. I can't remember. We've done so many. Yeah. 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 We're bound to get some repeats, but, um, anyhow, he got injured that season and I think he broke his leg. I think it was really bad. And he was replaced by a guy named Derek Nard. Okay. Maybe that isn't the guy. I feel like I would. Um, but that's a good um, good tie-in to one of the position groups we'll, we're, we wanted to talk about, um, which is the offensive line. And it's, uh, you know, interesting group because i think people still kind of view us as a as a you know elite offensive line but we really haven't shown that in in the last couple of years at least not not a best of the best i think last year was the first year i think you could argue we were below average um but that was you know largely due to injuries but um yeah, I guess what what are your general thoughts of of the O line going into this year, both starters and in terms of depth? Well, I'm generally optimistic about it. Uh, you got to wonder about Tyron Smith and yeah. his health uh, because he just seems like he's been so beat up over the last three years, or maybe it's more than that. And you got to wonder if he is going to be as healthy and robust. Uh, and effective as he used to be, mm -hmm. uh, he's talking about playing another five years. Yeah, I meant I read a quote where, where he said that he wanted to play another five years. Lyle Collins, I haven't heard a lot about, other than he's in shape this year, whereas last year he wasn't. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, he was a dominant player for that one se that last season right. for uh, you know before he got hurt last year. So you know there there are question marks around those two guys coming back and then you have you know in the middle of the line you have Connor Williams who is 
who's is a pretty good guard. I mean, he's not what we he's not what I'd like to have in there, but he's he's a pretty good guard. Um, he's better than I thought he was going to be, but he yeah. still I still feel that we need somebody stronger than him in there. Yeah. And then Tyler Biotish, the center. I think a lot is going to revolve around his development, how much yeah. development he is. Yeah. And all of this is, I don't have any great insights into the O-line. I mean, not, you know, they, I just read an article where they said this is like, we're in like a, a desert right now as far as NFL news is concerned. <laughs> and, and I don't, you know, unfortunately I'm not tied in. I don't have a pipeline to the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, uh, facility where I could get to all these great inside scoops like some people pretend to. And uh, so I really, I don't have anything out of the ordinary to say, unfortunately. I like to say things that, you know, maybe uh, that that they're getting overlooked. And I don't think anything's really being overlooked when it comes to the offensive line. I think it, it's a pretty yeah. straightforward situation. I am optimistic about it because I, I, I just, I feel that Smith and Cobb, Collins will make will improve our tackle situation, and I feel that Biotish will take a step forward. Yeah. So that that bodes very well, especially for our running game. And I think we have. I know we have depth. Yeah. There's one. That's one thing where I really that 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 I could say. I, I'm. I think they did a nice job of creating offensive line depth so yeah. I don't really I don't really worry about the offense in general and you know of course so I, and I don't really worry too much about the old line because uh, on the old line now they've got the way I see it they've got the free agent that they picked up mm-hmm. whose last name I can never remember yeah but he's he's had a pretty he's a, he's had a he's had a good career right. as at least as a backup and they They've got the the offensive tackle from the fourth round, who I haven't heard anything about. Okay, so yeah, I haven't heard anything about this guy, uh, and he was somebody that they uh, seemed to be quite proud of signing or drafting, I should say, and then signing. And I haven't heard anything uh, about him uh, as far as his performance in the OTAs or anything like that. Uh, and then they've got uh, Terrence Steele and. Uh, Brandon Knight returning, so yeah. I, that gives them four players at offensive tackle, and so I'm not worried about offensive tackle. And you know, the inside, the interior of the line, they've got Connor McGovern, and that's about it. That's kind of they've got the seventh round pick, who they move. They say they can move around, but uh, Brandon Knight can play guard, and I think Terrence Steele could probably play guard too if needed to. So. Um, I'm not really concerned about the the, the depth on the uh, the O line. I think they've got enough. I think they've got ten capable bodies. Yeah. I'm not sure about the seventh round guy. Uh, I mean, he comes from a good school. Uh, he's versatile, but he was a seventh round pick, and right. I, I didn't. Uh, you know, I it was hard to even find information on him. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, and, and I don't have. A lot to add. I, I think, you know, Ty Nishki, the the tackle we got from Buffalo. I, I look at him as an upgrade over Terrence Steele or, or Brandon Knight. I, I think both of those guys, uh, you know, I don't think either of them were terrible backups, but I I think they're better off in this new rotation where you've got, at least in my mind, you'll have Ty Nishki as the first guy at either tackle spot, and then Brandon Knight probably next in line, Terrence Steele third in line. Um, I, I would imagine both of them, all of them can play left or right tackle if need be. Um, you know, the word on this guy in the fourth round is that he's got the athleticism to play left tackle, he, and the length, I think, is the other thing, but I'm not... I didn't love that pick. I thought he was a little bit of a reach, and you know he's got off-field issues. But yeah, ultimately it's going to come down to the health of of our tackles. Um, you know, our 
the best backup tackle in in the world is not going to be as good as nearly as good as Tyron Smith or Lyle Collins. And the thing I will say about Tyron Smith that that gives gives me some level of hope is that this was the first year, this last year, I should say, where he missed the whole year. We've kind of looked at him as this injury-prone guy who's always kind of missing games or missing parts of games. But he really didn't have, like, an extended period of time off to really recover. Um, he well, he missed, like, three games, you know, the last three or four seasons. But I'm, I'm hopeful that this full year of missing time is is going to be good for him because you know he's still not that old he's 30 we've got there's guys like andrew whitworth that have that yeah, are playing into their, a long time. Yeah. yeah playing into their 40s and so if he can just stay somewhat healthy i i think he definitely could play five years but it's it's a big if and um you know and the good news is that he's never when he's on the field, even with these injuries, he's never been bad. He is, you know, definitely hasn't been quite the, you know, the elite caliber player he once was. But well, the th- the thing and I mentioned this before. The thing that if we could keep these tackles um, healthy, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. I think it would improve our running game. Yeah. Uh, and then you're able to run the ball and keep the defense off the field. And I know that there's that push and pull between do we want to run the ball when we've got these such talented receiving core mm-hmm. and an intriguing couple of tight ends. Um, and it's a passing league and you got Dak Prescott back. Mm-hmm. But I think that really – they're gonna, they're gonna need to have a good running game this year in order to make up for this defense. Uh, I don't think it can just be bombs away all the time. I mean, we, we tried that last year, and Dak went one and three. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we went bombs away, I mean, the defense was still, you know, the, was still blowing it, and it, Dak was putting up enormous numbers. Yeah. So I don't think that's some that's a game we want to get into. I don't think that's a formula for winning in the playoffs yeah. and you know so I'm, I'm hoping that they can get Elliot and Pollard a some more a little more production out of those guys yeah. but unfortunately I have no bombshells I, I like to occasionally have a bombshell something that uh, most people aren't talking about but I can't think of anything as far as the O-line is concerned sorry I wish they'd bring Joe Looney back I, I thought Joe Looney yeah. was a, a capable uh, backup at center and guard and maybe they still bring them back but you know they've they've got to address the cornerback situation and the uh, the quarterbacks backup quarterback situation they're going to need to free up some more cap space and get some real players in there instead of playing this this, this they are just hope hopelessly optimistic this front office yeah. and i don't know it's like they're still on a high from winning super bowl 700 years ago yeah yeah and, and that was going to be the next position we talked about but just finishing up o-line um you know the word is tyron smith is feeling good he's saying this is the healthiest he's been in years which you know it it does make sense like i said he's this is his first time he's really had a, a long break to recover and then the other guy i've heard a little bit is is biotish supposedly looking better which which makes sense i mean he was he was kind of injured last year there was some talk i remember that like would this guy even play at all um so i think that health is probably part of it and then just experience in the nfl i i do think um offensive line is one of the positions that has the most if it's a guy that you know obviously he's got to have the mental piece and and putting in the work but that's a position that i feel like there is the most incremental uh progress on average by just having experience and beyond it you know we, we saw it with connor williams last year i think he took a clear his first two years pretty much the same i thought but but he took a, a step forward last year 
I don't think he's ever going to be great against power. That's clearly, uh, you know, his weakness to the weakness to his game. But I could see him continuing to get better at all other aspects of of his position. I would hope so, but yeah, he's a free agent after this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting. His value, yeah, yeah, he he probably will price himself out. But but yeah, I think Biotish should take a step forward. But um, yeah, moving on to quarterback. Obviously, Dak Prescott's the starter. We paid him to be an elite quarterback. Um, yeah, yeah, we did. And and you know, I think I think he could take a, a step forward. Um, it's interesting trying to you know we we have so little data from last year to really go off of, but I think. It was enough for me, at least, to to show that he was progressing. Um, obviously, having C.D. Lamb helped, but he also he was without. I want to say Tyron Smith made it two weeks and then was out. So his last couple games were without as potent an O line as he's used to, and he still played well. Um, I, I do think going to your point about you know bombs away, I think. Part of it is is the defense. It, you know, it's the chicken and the egg kind of thing. Um, you know, playing from behind, you kind of have to. But I, I you know, I've, I'll keep repeating myself. I, I think there's got to be, uh, you know, a strategy behind it, and there's got to be a, you know, change of pace to keep the defense off balance. Like if we're if we're ahead, then that's that's the time where early downs I want to I want to throw it if we're behind and teams are expecting right. us to run it or right. expecting us to throw it every down that's when I um, would slide in some... just, uh, yeah yeah basically what I was just saying is they can't get into that whole well the defense sucks but that's okay because we're gonna let Dak and the receivers right. balance out they tried that and it failed yeah yeah, yeah and, and I, I think I don't think there's a magic formula that's going to make up for our defense playing as bad as they did the beginning of last year. I think if if our defense plays that bad where we're giving up over 30 a game, even in today's NFL, that's still probably bottom two or three, and we're going to suck. We're going to win. I don't think there's a chance you can win more than six or seven games with that kind of production. If we're like the back half of last year, we're giving up like 25 points a game. I think we have a shot. I would still, I think ideally keep in the low twenties is where we want to be. But um, yeah, I I think there's, there's no way you're, you're capable of, of being competitive when you're giving up that many points, points a game, you know, the running, keeping the team off the other team off the field that I think helps, but uh, I, I just, we, we've got to be a lot better than we were those first couple games. Um, but yeah, so after Dak, Dak's shoe and starter, obviously after him, we've got Garrett Gilbert. Now, now as the, I guess, backup, we got Ben DiNucci who, who, uh, the, the, scorching hot quote from him this week was that his his performance against philadelphia was like that's not who i am or something like that it's like i'm pretty sure that's exactly what you would expect of a a seventh round pick so um but yeah i mean i i i like garrett gilbert um i want him on the roster ben dinucci not so much. I, I think he Cooper would be a rush. he'd be a good practice squad guy, I guess. But if we lost him, I wouldn't wouldn't shed a tear. Um, but I know you've you've been very adamant about improving the backup situation, and uh, you know we did last year, Andy Dalton, and he was, you know as expected i i thought um what do you think of our current backups right now it's scary yeah it's downright scary because we know ben dinucci and cooper rush will never be anything in this league uh, garrett gilbert back huh yeah is cooper, cooper rush, rush i think is back back on the team oh i didn't know that okay and 
Garrett Gilbert played well in his one start. Mm-hmm. We don't know. It's tough to draw a lot of conclusions from that, other yeah. than he played pretty well in one game, and that was against Pittsburgh. It was against a good defense. Good defense yeah. So uh, who knows? Maybe he's finally starting to wake up at this point in his career. But if you want to win a Super Bowl, you are really almost required to have a winning backup quarterback. He's like, as like Mike. Mike Fisher was right when he said that the backup quarterback is sort of the twelfth man on offense. He's that un- he's that important, yeah. and yeah. it doesn't have to be somebody who was as you know. Obviously, it's not going to be somebody as good as your starter, right. uh, not usually anyway. But he's got to be able to go in there and be able to run at least most of your offense, so you don't have to scale down the offense and make things easier for the defense. And he's got to be able to get the ball to these wideouts. Yeah. Again, the running game would take. That improving the running game would also uh, alleviate pressure off whatever backup quarterback we have. Yep. So, but no, I mean, look, anybody, anybody looking at this roster, honestly, is going to see glaring holes that we've identified, and we, 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 you know, we keep talking about them, and so far they haven't addressed. Who knows if they will? Who you know? Who knows if they will? I, I it, it very well. Like I said before, we could go five games into the season and they could begin to panic and pull another Amari Cooper type trade for a cornerback. Yeah, corner. Yeah, because that is a situation where uh, we talked about this before, so I don't want to talk about it a lot now. But it's just scary. Yeah, it just. Yeah, that whole secondary is just scary. And again, um, poor personnel decisions. That's yeah. what it boils down to, uh, because they're they're over the cap quite a bit for next season. Yeah, yeah, it's uh... just can't miss on as many free agents and draft picks as they have. Mm-hmm. And expect to be in a good cap situation and have a solid team. Yeah. Just don't know. But I mean, you know, the only other, the only thing I could say that would somewhat mitigate our situation at those three positions is that we are certainly not the only team in the league with holes, big holes. Yeah. Uh, we could look at. Most teams in the league and and analyze them being a fan or not, and say, "Oh God, ooh, yeah." When we play them, that's what we want to go after. Yeah, yeah. So you know, just just it's as like, the hype, just as the hype affects every team. I mean, you can go to any team's website and see them saying wonderful things about unknown players who will never do anything, and right. which is what the Cowboys do. Yeah. Um, you can you can go there and you can you can find holes in in any roster, uh, but I really don't care about day. that because the bottom line is that you, you, people who've been critical about the Cowboys have been pretty consistent in yeah. finding the Cowboys um, holes and identifying them, and the Cowboys have been pretty consistent in getting burned by those holes. Yeah. Uh, it was a joke a few years back when they went into the season with that receiving core. I didn't fall for it for a second. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I was just holding my nose the whole time, knowing that 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 that, that wide receiving core was just one of the, the worst in the NFL. And that's when they went out and picked up Amari Cooper, which I yeah I have to give him credit for. That was a very shrewd move, born out of desperation. Do they have to get desperate before they do anything smart? Yeah, because that's a sign of a bad front of us. You know, you don't you don't put your back you don't you you don't put yourself in a coma before you try to find medical help. <laughs> yeah, and that seems to be what they they are doing. Um, look, it remains to be seen who gets released 
now before the season starts if more cornerbacks, more players that could help us get released. I assume some will be. I don't know. I don't know what the deal with Richard Sherman is. Knowing his ego, he probably wants twice as much as he, what he's actually worth. Uh, I, I know last year he was really banged up, but I think the season before that, he made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe he was the best-graded PFF cornerback in the entire league. Um, okay. Yeah. So he, he's a guy that you should seriously consider. Yeah. Bring it on to your team. We've said that, but we said that all before. But now the backup situation is uh, is uh, is pretty frightening. Garrett Gilbert gives you uh, the uh, really the only ray of hope. Right. I, I don't need to see any more of Ben DiNucci and no. Cooper Rush. No. Garrett Gilbert. I, I will say the. I mean, be outside of the game he played last year, which was, I mean, I, I would say that was more impressive than. Maybe any game, any individual game Andy Dalton played. Because Andy Dalton played well against the Vikings and the Eagles. Like, those were his two standout games. But both of those defenses are pretty bad. The Steelers, arguably the best defense in the league. Definitely top three. And Garrett Gilbert played played very well. His only interception was him getting hit as he threw because Connor Williams got bull rushed. Um, and, and beyond that game, uh, surprise. Yeah. Beyond that individual game, he played a, like a full year in the, not the XFL, but the, the double AFL, I think it was one of these upstart leads. And he was like, he was going to be probably the MVP of that league. And I, I think there's something to be said about quarterbacks that just get getting more reps. Um, Cause he's always had talent. I, I, you know, we've talked about him. He's, he was supposed to be the best next best thing coming into UT and he kind of bombed, but um, there's, I, I think, I, I don't, I, I think there's, Enough there that I feel okay about him. I, I would feel more comfortable with a guy with a little more experience, but it, it's one of those, you know, we've talked about free agents, and would you rather have the guy with a lot of history of mediocrity, or would you have the guy that's shown, you know, higher ceiling and limited reps? And, and Garrett Gilbert, very limited reps, but... I'm I'm okay with him. Um, I just wish, I, I wish in retrospect we'd given him more shots last year, so we really knew what we were dealing with. But um, moving on to the uh, the uh, hard knocks, so <laughs> I'm interested how the Cowboys. I, I mean. On the surface level, it does seem like Hard Knocks is the, you know, right up Jerry Jones's alley, create a ton of buzz. We'll probably have, like, the highest ratings that they've they've ever gotten. Um, from what I remember, at, at least one year, which was, like, 2002, I want to say, we were kind of dog shit, so... <laughs> I can understand more so then trying to drum up the, you know, attention. Um, yeah, obviously last year was a bad year, but I think there's already kind of a built-in buzz. So I'm I'm kind of curious the the reason why they maybe maybe Jerry Jones is is really starting to think that we're he's losing the uh, you know younger fan base. That, that would kind of make sense. But as far as, like, what to, to expect on the show, what to kind of look for, I am I am interested in... So they always have, like, a few players, a few, like, uh, you know, low-down-to-the-roster low guys that are, you know, just fighting for a roster spot that you kind, they kind of, um, you know make a, a big focus around that you kind of root for. So I'll, I'll be curious to see who those guys are. Cause it, it very well could be, 
someone that I've I've never heard of before, um, like undrafted rookie or free agent. But I'm sure, obviously, Dak is going to be a big, you know, Dak and his injury is going to be a big topic of focus. Um, I am curious to see Mike McCarthy and just getting more into his mind and like if his message because because you do you do kind of get a general sense of the of the head coach that that is one thing from watching the last few seasons that I can say it, it, like I remember they they had the Rams on there with Jeff Fisher and Jeff Fisher he he just had no like you could tell he was he was done he was <laughs> He's just a bad coach. He, he didn't seem very motivating. Didn't seem, I don't know. And then Sean McVay last year was was pretty good. So I'm I'm curious the vibe that Mike McCarthy gives off, and, and I'm curious how he would will kind of frame last year if if it's you know last year throw it out of the you know completely ignore it because COVID and injuries and whatnot. Or if he is gonna kind of own up to it and try and you know actually be the guy that he I think sold to Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, which is this you know guy that's evolving with the NFL and and whatnot. Um, and then Dan Quinn, kind of how Dan Quinn operates with the defense, his relationship with McCarthy. Um, being that he is a former head coach, um, kind of curious how that dynamic will be. But um, yeah, I think the the coaches are the are going to be the biggest ones that I'm I'm going to be interested in seeing. And and then just yeah, which which players are they going to really focus on besides the obvious ones like Dak and probably Zeke? Um, curious if they'll pick pick a couple uh you know lower on the roster guys and and who they'll be well i mean jerry loves the spotlight mm-hmm. he'll take the opportunity to be on hard knocks is it good for the team i think it's a distraction for the team i don't think it's yeah. a good idea mm-hmm. but it's exactly mm-hmm. what you would expect mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at least it'll give us a little entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do agree with that. And you know, maybe it's a, it's probably you know he he's well, I, I don't know how he feels about the team. I mean, uh, nobody's really uh, uh, you know done any research into how the Cowboys are faring in terms of popularity. If they're what their merchandise sales are like, uh, what attitudes are like towards the team, uh, sir. They keep selling out games, but they were bumped, weren't they? Bumped from uh, prime yeah. time. Yeah, last year. So you know, maybe he does sense that there's a problem. Yeah. But I would just tell him that if he, you know, if if, if he uh, wants to win a Super Bowl, that uh, he 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 needs to bring in uh, different personnel guys. Yeah. Because these guys aren't cutting it. It's just too. It's they're playing it. Too, they're just playing it too haphazard. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're. I mean, if we look at the Bucks roster. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if, I don't know if you've done that. Have you have you looked at the Bucks roster? I mean, do they have any positions where you say, "Oh my God"? No. But they're the only okay. one. They're the only team where you can legitimately look at every position. Like, their biggest weakness, you could say, is probably Devin White, this their their linebacker, who people think is good because he puts he's like Jalen Smith, but to maybe an even more extreme degree. Because he actually, he, I think he got an interception in the divisional round against Breeze. Like he makes some actually really impressive splash plays, but down to down, he's he's not very good. But but he's also he's also young, so he's probably going to get better. And and he's not, you know, that's that's the 
the one guy that I can think of that's that is any kind of weakness for that that roster. Their their O line, I mean, not everyone on not every player on their team is a star, but their O line is all around probably top two or three. Like they don't have a single bad player on their O line defensively. You know their cornerbacks. Their their cornerbacks are solid. Their safeties are solid. They've got Levante David. Their D maybe the the defensive tackle other than Vita Vea. I, I don't know that guy offhand. Um, but their defensive ends are good. So yeah, I mean you're really happen to to nitpick if they're the uh, weak link of your team is is like a a top 10 linebacker pick that that already has shown some flashes but just needs to be more consistent so but but again the bucks i think are the exception you can do that with uh you know like the chiefs and there there's quite a few th- i mean defensively that it's going to be kind of a similar deal as the cowboys their their defense is is the weakness they've they've got a few strong players well, but I mean, I, I just find it hard to believe that a team that is serious, supposedly serious about winning a Super Bowl, would go into the season with, we could say, okay, Garrett Gilbert, okay, maybe he could be a backup quarterback. Uh, defensive tackle, uh, but cornerback, right? I think is just going out there with it's just taking a huge chance that good teams don't take because you're looking at really getting uh, really having the scoreboard rung up on you by going out there with the, the secondary that we have and that that's where I think that the, the Cowboys incompetence is most glowing is in the, the fact that they are trusting their secondary to these guys, uh, whether it be Casey at safety or that other side of cornerback opposite uh, Trevon Diggs. I just don't, you know, Anthony Brown, uh, he's never going to be a quality starter. You know, I think he's a good backup. You know, he's yeah. probably a good backup slot guy for Jordan Lewis. I think he should get on the field, but I don't think he's somebody that you want starting on the periphery. And the two rookies... They're rookies. No, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I mean, if if they were to succeed in this league, it would would be a real surprise if they were going to be... If they have quality rookie seasons as starters, that would be a real surprise. Yeah. And, and you can't bank on that. Like, it's one thing if you've got a Richard Sherman in the building and then, you know, the third rounder emerges and he's balling out in practice and you give him some reps in place of Sherman and then he, you know, earns more and more time. That's one thing. But if you've got, if you're banking on that, if, if one of these rookies is your day one starter, um, that's a mistake. <laughs> Even, I mean, Patrick Sertan, this was the whole whole deal in the draft. Patrick Sertan is the one guy in this draft that I would have been like, sure, he's a day one starter. I feel pretty good about that. Um, no other rookie in this draft I, I would, I could say the same about. Um, and, and yeah, Anthony Brown, like, he, he's, he's never going to be anything more than a passable starter at best, like a a guy who's not gonna be terrible, but yeah, he he's not gonna he's not gonna be very good either. He's he's just a guy, and you 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 don't want him as your starter. You you want right. to do better than Anthony Brown is, is the bottom line, and you you know. Yeah, it's it's a bad spot to be in, and it's a position that I think is going to be, you know, more and more important the way the league is is going. And I mean, there's you've got to think that the 
with fans back in the stadium, you know, quarterbacks are going to have a little tougher time at the line of scrimmage. Maybe that'll help with defensive linemen getting off the ball a little quicker. But, you know, last year at least, the cornerback position was was terrible all in all. And, uh, and we were as bad as anyone. And, and again, we've talked about this we were not as targeted as we we could have been. Um, this year, I, I don't think that's going to be the case for a couple reasons. One being Dak back, and theoretically we should be more competitive and, and staying in the games and teams not able to just run the, run the clock out on us. Um, but also because our running game, our running defense should be better. Um, but the total effect, if, if we, you know, the way I see it, it's going to take a unexpected performance by one of these guys and, and probably a rookie because we you kind of know what you're going to get from Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis after, you know, four or five seasons. But it's going to take an unexpected result from one of these rookies for us to not get exposed at that in the secondary by uh, you know a, a lot of these quarterbacks and, and to be fair besides Brady and Mahomes there's there's no other quarterbacks on our schedule that are like you know terrifying that there's a lot of like very good you know a lot of very good guys and um and guys like Daniel Jones that that seem like they're progressing but but still I mean it's going to be interesting week one. I mean, that, that seems like the worst possible possible start for for whoever ends up across from Diggs. I, I think it'll probably be Anthony Brown. But, um, yeah, you're going against a guy that is still physically as good as he's ever been, plus he's seen literally every coverage known to man – probably a hundred times and and is still as as sharp as ever with reading defenses and you know the only the only the only chess piece that i think could give us even a smidge of a chance is is richard sherman because he is on that same level i think but on the other side of the ball for just understanding of the game and and having seen you know not quite as much, but but quite a bit, and and clearly a guy that studies film extensively. So, yeah, I think you're. Um, and and to be fair, Richard Sherman, even as a rookie before he was, you know, really, um, you know, established, he he played very well against Brady. I think he picked him off at least once his his first game he played him, which was his rookie year. So, yeah, I, I think that's kind of what Dan Quinn and, and this defense is banking on is, is you get a, a rookie Richard Sherman who, who played well from the jump, but that's, that's really not a, an expectation, a realistic expectation for, for any cornerback. Um, you know, even a Patrick Sertan, you, you think he, he'll be good at least, but and maybe in Denver, who's you know prime situation, I think maybe he will be very good, you know, Pro Bowl caliber. But just stepping onto the field for for our defense with a pretty mediocre supporting cast, I don't think you can expect any cornerback to be like a Richard Sherman was his rookie year. I think that's that's just a. A flawed assumption and you know I, I expect week one we're gonna get pretty well torched and then you know we'll see if we make if we make a move after that because if it's really bad you know maybe that's enough to you know force a trade or, or force Jerry to, to make a signing that he wasn't planning on. Right, and when you do that, though, you're also, you, you know, you're not in a very good position leverage-wise. Right. This team knows you're desperate. I mean, 
mean, the Raiders were stupid to give us Amari Cooper for only a first-round pick. That was we got lucky there. Yeah. At the time, I I thought that was too much, but but in retrospect, that was. Although he was he was having some problems with the Raiders, but we right. were having bigger right. problems. Yeah. Sure. Um. But yeah, so it'll be interesting, and and, and that's another thing I, I will say of you know hard knocks. I, I'll be very interested to see the cornerback versus receiver dynamic. And and honestly, even if there's just some, like one of these guys, if they're at least like competing with our receivers, I, I think of Kevin Smith against Jerry Rice in, in the championship games as like, you know, he's still giving up yard, yards and, and catches, but that's to be expected. You're, you're not going to you know, shut out Jerry Rice, and, and I don't think it's realistic to think these corners are going to shut out Amari Cooper and, and CeeDee Lamb and, you know, Mike Evans week one, but at least I want to see some competition, you know, talking trash, that kind of thing, um, and, you know, if, if there's a guy out there that is, is competing, I, I'd be inclined to to give that guy, you know, assuming he's somewhat talented at least and not just delusional, um, talking shit when he's getting torched down after down, um, that would be the guy that I would I would lean toward. And, and, you know, Kelvin Joseph does strike me as that kind of personality. Um, but, the you know, the news from him, uh, surrounding him has been you know, lukewarm at best. So I'd like to see some, you know, some signs that he is, you know, worthy of the second round pick that we, we gave to him. And, you know, more of that player that played so well against Devontae Smith and against Tennessee than the guy that kind of disappeared in the other games that he played. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see see the the team. I, I there was uh, I haven't seen the previous Cowboys Hard Knocks, but there was something in 2017 that I saw that was on I think Amazon Prime, and that was that was kind of interesting. Um, got to see Jason Garrett being a little more of a hard ass than than he than you uh than i thought of him at least and and maybe that was for show that that's you know you got to yeah. take it with a grain of salt how much of it is just entertainment and and bullshit and how much of it is is real you know real inner workings of the of the team that's you know it's part of the uh the analysis but but yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to to see. And um, the other thing I remember from that one, and and I'll be I'll be interested in this because they're definitely gonna talk about Ezekiel Elliott, supposedly in the best shape of his life. But in the the other one they did, the Amazon thing, Ezekiel Elliott. This was the season he was suspended. I remember him being late to like a running back meeting. And there were a couple other things that just, I, I got the sense that he was kind of, because he had such a good rookie year, he was kind of like exempt from any kind of rules. Like just kind of, I, I don't know. And I, I'd be interested to see if that is, if there's any indication that that's still the case or if he's kind of, smartened up a little and, and is you know leading by example now because that didn't it, it struck me as him just you know i'm a good player so i'm gonna do um i'm gonna do do kind of the minimum practice and the minimum kind of uh, work and uh and i'll still be good and and maybe that's in part why he's declined the last few years and maybe he's we who knows maybe this this is at last year was the wake up call that he needed um but i'll be interested to see 
his uh, his progression in terms of in front of the in front of the cameras what what his what he kind of gives off but um yeah what any other uh, last thoughts you have any or anything else you're looking for hard knocks yeah or in general not really i i think it'll be entertaining to say the least yeah and um no, I think we've got it uh, pretty well covered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think the whole thing with Jason Garrett that year, when they were on, uh, that 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 certainly sounded manufactured to me. You know, with his gratuitous abuse of the word of the F word. You know, for one thing, it didn't sound very natural, nor did it sound very aggressive. Yeah. It just sound, sounded kind of pathetic, actually, and um, it. Even if that, even if he was like that, I can't see him. You know, a bottom line, he was he wasn't he wasn't a good coach. Yeah. No. And 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 that'll you know. Be curious to see if if McCarthy like it. I'm guessing he he probably didn't switch it up just because the cameras are on. I'm guessing he probably picked that up. He was like, this is how a head coach should sound. Like, this is, you know, from playing under Jimmy Johnson and, and these harder-nosed guys. And I've got to... And it's just not genuine. That's that's the bottom line. He's not... Because, yeah, it didn't sound... Didn't, didn't seem like him. It sounded manufactured, like you said. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see... McCarthy in in that regard if he you know comes off as a as you know genuine in his his demeanor or if it's you know this is how I'm supposed to sound to you know to motivate an NFL team kind of thing right so um, but yeah I think that'll do it for this uh, this week, but uh, yeah, we'll be back next week for another episode of Cowboys Chat with Chap. Um, until then. <laughs>